The Old Testament reading for this, the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, comes from the prophet Micah, the sixth chapter. Hear what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the indictment of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has an indictment against his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, devised, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And this is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. The epistle reading comes from Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, the first chapter. The word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel, which serves as the text for our sermon this morning, comes to us according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. 
Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And this is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel reading today is one of the most beautiful, beloved passages of Scripture. It's the Sermon on the Mount, commonly referred to as the Beatitudes, which simply means blessings. And what an apt name that is for this sermon, because Jesus here proclaims blessings for so many people. The Beatitudes are all about blessings for good people. Just listen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Such beautiful words, aren't they? So calming, so reassuring, so full of hope and so full of generous blessings poured out on so many people. Too bad none of those are for you, right? I mean, let's be honest. These blessings are obviously not for people like you and me. These blessings are for good people. These are blessings that God gives, like he says, to the meek, to the poor, to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. All the blessings that Jesus promises here, they're for good people, not people like you and me. Blessed are the meek, but you are not meek. You may tell yourself you are. You may even try to be meek. But you still make demands of other people. You still try to prove you're better than them. You still look down on people. Blessed are the merciful. But we are not merciful. You hold on to grudges. You refuse to forgive. You seek vengeance on those who have wronged you, whether it be someone that you feel swindled you in a business dealing or just that jerk who cuts you off on the highway. You are not merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. But we are definitely not pure in heart. We put on a good front, but the fact is, our hearts and our minds, they're filled with sinful desires. How can I cheat someone and gain for myself without getting caught? 
How can I get out of my duties and my responsibilities so that I can just enjoy myself and let other people do the heavy lifting? When are people going to look away so I can just revel in my lustful thoughts and all the things that I want to do that I don't want people to know I want to do? Our hearts, they are filled to the brim with sin. And so often we just can't wait to let it boil over into our lives as well. Frolicking in our filth. Telling God to just go away for a while so we can deprave ourselves and not feel guilty about it. Listening with glee to the world that tells us that if it makes us feel good, do it. And so we do it. Blessed are the peacemakers. But we're no peacemakers. You like to stir up trouble because it makes you feel like you're in control of other people. You enjoy needling people just to get a rise out of them, just to find out how far you can push it. You'll tell one person one thing and then another person something else and then just kind of sit back with popcorn and watch the fireworks as they go at each other. You refuse to forgive, making sure that all battles and disagreements drag on until everyone finally admits that you are better than they are. And even when they do, you hold on to that. And you make sure that that wrong is remembered for years so that when it comes up again, you can point out just how wrong they are. You're no peacemaker. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We don't do that. So often you see God's word as a burden, something that you have to do, something that you've just been unfairly saddled with rather than the gracious blessing that it is. You see sin and the ways of the world as good, and this Christian faith thing and this morality and these values, well, gosh darn it, they're just dragging you down. You find excuses to miss church, to avoid reading the Bible, to keep from putting your Christian faith into action. Make sure nobody knows that you're actually a practicing Christian. Hide that gospel light under a bushel. You come before the Lord, not with eagerness and the joy of salvation, but begrudgingly spitefully, hoping that it's not going to take too long because, honestly, you've got better things to do. That's our situation. And so when we hear these words of God, when we hear all the blessings he gives to so many people, let's face it, you and me, we don't deserve those. We don't deserve any blessings from God at all. Even knowing the blessings that Jesus gives and who he gives them to in this sermon, we can't be good. And we don't even try our hardest. You know, you tell yourself, yeah, I should probably quit sinning, but dang it, it is so much fun. Everybody else is doing it, and nobody else seems to mind, and nobody's getting hurt, so I'm just going to keep on with it, and God, you just have to deal with that. You hear the devil's lies, and rather than flee to the refuge of God's word, you run headlong into the waiting arms of sin, thinking that somehow this time it's not going to cause the same shame and guilt and hurt that it has to you and the people around you every other single time in your life. This time is going to be different, of course. You are a sinner, and as a sinner, you deserve nothing but wrath and condemnation from God. You can try your best to be meek and merciful or pure in heart or a peacemaker, but the fact is you'll never do it well enough to deserve God's blessings. And in fact, even as we try to do the right thing, as we try to be good, so often it's for a selfish reason. I'm going to be good so people think better of me. I'm going to be good so God has to give me this blessing. 
I'm going to be good so that I can benefit in some way. Everything that we do is tainted by sin. It is fouled to the very core. As we confess every week, we are by nature sinful and unclean. That doesn't mean that we're mostly good people who do bad things from time to time. It means that our very nature, who we are, it is sin, it is corruption, it is death. It is transgression and it goes against God's will. You are by nature sinful and unclean in what you do and think and say. You sin in thought, word, and deed by what you have done and by what you have left undone. And by rights... By all those transgressions, by all that constant sin, you deserve nothing at all but pain and condemnation from God, who is holy and perfect and righteous and just. He is without sin, and he punishes all wrongdoing. And even just one sin, one speck of impurity, that's enough to condemn you and me for all eternity, to cast us out of the presence of God forever, to condemn us to eternal darkness and hell. Just one speck is all that it takes, and you know full well that you have got way more than just a speck. You and me, we don't deserve any blessings at all from God. Only death and rejection and condemnation because we are filthy, no good, rotten sinners who continue to transgress, who continue to ignore his word and spit in his face day in and day out. And yet, here we are, blessed. Blessed beyond measure. Blessed beyond anything that we could possibly imagine or hope for. Blessed beyond what we deserve. Blessed beyond all human belief. You are blessed with so many earthly riches. We might complain that we don't have as much as we think we should, but none of us are really in want. How many of you got up this morning and had to choose which outfit to wear? Or do you only have one tattered, raggedy shirt and that's the only option that you had? How many of us are sitting here in comfort today, in heat and shelter and light? We are blessed with safety and with comfort. Yeah, the roads weren't great, but we all made it, didn't we? We might complain about the weather, but we have houses to live in, good, sturdy houses. You are blessed with friends and family to share these joys and luxuries with, to talk about, to commiserate with, to remember all the good times that you've had. You are blessed day in and day out. Blessed even when you fail to be merciful. Blessed when you fail to be meek. Blessed when you are nowhere near pure in heart. Blessed are you. That's the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message of the cross. It is folly to those who are perishing. It is foolishness and ridiculousness to those who don't get it. But it is the power of God to those of us being saved. Let's face it. The cross, Christian faith, it doesn't make any sense at all. I have done nothing to deserve his love. And yet, he pours it out into my life. He fills me with blessing upon blessing. This is one of the great ways that we can know that Christian faith is not a man-made invention. 
All human inventions, all false religions, they totally make sense. If I do this, my God gives me this, because that's logical, that makes sense, and that's what our minds come up with. The Christian faith is so far beyond that. I sin daily. I am wretched. I deserve nothing, and yet I am given everything, freely, by grace. As a sinner, we can't do anything to deserve it. And that's why it's the power of God that we trust in, not our own power. You can't do anything well enough to fix all of your failures and flaws and shortcomings. You can't atone for any of your iniquity, and your attempts to do so only make it worse. You can't fix up your run-down, sin-filled, rotten life because you are a sinner. But God? God absolutely can do all of those things. And he absolutely does. Not by giving you a little more strength, not by giving you a pep talk or a to-do list to follow, but by giving you his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't turn a blind eye to our sin. He doesn't say, yeah, well, they're trying really hard and everybody else is doing it, so I'll just pretend it didn't happen. All sin is punished. God is righteous and just. But by grace, it is punished in him instead of us. By the cross of Jesus Christ, by his empty tomb, all of our shortcomings, they are washed away. And we instead are proclaimed holy, innocent, and righteous in the sight of God, as if our sin never even happened. All your transgressions and failures, they were laid upon Jesus Christ, the spotless Lamb of God, who willingly takes them to the cross to suffer and die in your place, to pay your penalty in full, and to leave you righteous. After taking all of your sin, he gives you his robe of righteousness and holiness and perfection. He clothes you in his perfection. He washes you in the perfect waters of baptism. He feeds you with his holy body and blood to unite you with him in his death and resurrection. He strengthens you with his holy word, both law that convicts us of our sin and the gospel that proclaims that sin is forgiven. And he abides with you day in and day out, guiding you, leading you, forgiving you of all of your transgressions, blessing you beyond anything that you could imagine. In the eyes of God Almighty, even as you continue to sin, by the blood of Jesus Christ, you are now seen as meek and merciful, pure in heart, a peacemaker. You are made his holy and beloved child, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And by the same power of God that forgives you, you now are a changed person. Out of reverence for God, not to earn his love, because that's already been given you, but out of reverence and understanding and respect and love for God, you now want to be those things that please him, that are good to him, that are right in his sight. Not by your might or your will, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, you now seek to be meek, serving your neighbor in whatever way you can. You now try to be pure of heart, fighting and resisting those sinful urges that insist that they're not so bad. You strive to be a peacemaker, even when it means putting aside your own ego and telling others you're sorry. You, by the Spirit of God, can do justice, 
love kindness, and walk humbly with your God as he desires and as he lovingly commands. And as you live your life for Christ now, you share his love and his forgiveness with others. Not to show off just how blessed you are. Not to say, come on, people, if you try harder, you could be like me. You do it so that they, too, can be blessed by God. So that they can know the peace and joy of Jesus Christ. So that they can stand with us as brothers and sisters in Christ, both here on earth and forever in heaven. And By the grace of God, that is the blessing that we have to look forward to. All those who look to Jesus Christ in true faith, we are truly and eternally blessed. God's blessings, they're not just about the temporal things, although we certainly receive plenty of those and we give thanks to him for every one of them. But the best of God's blessings are eternal. We're not just empowered to do better here on earth. We are forgiven. We are proclaimed innocent, and we are given the absolute guarantee of everlasting life in heaven. The earthly blessings we receive, as great and generous and bounteous as they are, they simply can't hold a candle to the eternal blessings of heaven. There, in that perfect paradise that God has won for us, that he has prepared perfectly for us, that he will come to take us so that we can be with him, there there will be no more temptation to sin. There will be no more pain or suffering or frustration, no fear or worry, no more persecution for our faith. There, in his kingdom, there will be no more death, no more hurt, no more sorrow, no more tears. Only the eternal glory of being in God's presence, hearing his word with our own ears, seeing him face to face, and singing out his praises for all eternity. All because Jesus Christ suffered and died for you, rose again from the grave for you, blessed you when you didn't deserve it. No, you're not the meekest person ever. You're not always the greatest peacemaker. You don't always hunger and thirst for righteousness the way that you should, even as a Christian. And yet, blessed are you. Because it is Jesus Christ who earned your blessing. Not you. He gave everything he had in order to give you his righteous blessings. Not because you earned it, not because you deserved it, not even because now you try to be a better person and live by his word. He blesses you simply because God loved you enough to suffer and die upon the cross, to rise again from the grave for you. This is the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folly to those who are perishing. Ridiculous to those who deny Jesus. Pure foolishness to those who refuse to acknowledge his glory and power. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God himself. Ultimate power that takes a wretched, arrogant, worthless sinner like me and makes me meek. Makes me a peacekeeper. Makes me hunger and thirst for righteousness. Makes me blessed. Not just here on earth but for all eternity in his perfect paradise of heaven. Blessed are you and all who believe in the one true and triune God. For by the cross of Jesus Christ, by his empty tomb, you are forgiven of every one of your sins, and eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.